0: Okay hi everybody welcome to the recovery from relapse Overeaters Anonymous meeting of Tuesday the 29th of December and today we have a wonderful speaker Val O who is going to talk to us with her experience strength and hope. Take it away Val. Thanks very much Rita. Hi everyone I'm Val O and I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm abstinent today by the grace of God. Uh, that's my higher power. I call my higher power God. So I'm sorry if uh, if that offends anybody, <laughs> but because uh, I know some people are a bit, uh, find God difficult, but um, it's just simpler for me to call my higher power God. So that was a long intro. So um, I just want to um, take a moment to say the set aside prayer for myself as well, because uh, I just have prayed to God today that I say something that will help somebody, because it's a big meeting and there's a lot of newcomers, and you can be bombarded by information and overwhelmed and fall at the first hurdle. So I just like to say, uh, God, please help me set aside everything I think I know about my myself, my brokenness, my spiritual path, and you, for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, my spiritual path, and especially So um, the focus is recovery or uh, recovery from relapse. And I certainly qualify. Uh, I am a grateful survivor of relapse. Um, my relapse was over 10 years and I was out of the rooms for those years uh, trying to manage life on my own and thinking I was doing an OK job and also wondering why everything was going so wrong. So my overeating and my uh, addiction behavior started as a child. Um, I remember craving my sister's baby food when I was four. And I can still taste it. And I know I craved uh, all sorts of foods. I certainly craved attention. And I found, um, I felt disconnected from my parents, uh, who I know adored me. Now, I know now, but I didn't feel it at the time. Um, and I just... Um, I realize now looking back that my disease is a disease of never enough. Nothing was ever good enough. My parents' love was not good enough. The present they gave me wasn't good enough. The food they gave me, the food I have and here, what I did there. Oh, this is my family. This is my house. This is my school. This is where I live. Oh, and life was a constant disappointment to me, though I didn't know it at the time. And it's only when I look back now that I see it. And when I was um, in 1996, I was hit by a, a Ford Escort on the back of my leg, on the back of my thigh. And I say, it's the biggest kick up the arse that God ever gave anybody because it just stopped me in my tracks and I had to sit still for the first time and realize I was very unhappy and in living in a family that was a crazy family and I was still I was 27 and I was still living at home with an alcoholic mother and dysfunctional family and there was lots going on but I was just hiding in the house and eating and um, uh, early versions of computers just got addicted to very uh you know simple pixelated games and you know just basically at went to work at played games at went to work did a jigsaw puzzle while knitting and watching reruns of an old television program at the same time lest i think of anything so I, i'm a i'm a natural self avoider and isolator that's my natural habitat so the COVID lo- lockdown has been actually wonderful <laughs> for me because um, I'm naturally, uh, you know, find it un- find it difficult to be around other people because they don't think the way I do and I have to adjust what I'm thinking and take other people into consideration when I'm much better being autonomous, alone and isolated in my disease and in my, you know, my self-will. So, um. I loved the friendly beginning of this meeting because it just made me a little bit more relaxed. I realized that everybody is kind of very human and friendly around here. So that was great. Um, and just when you said admit all, I, I admit all, I admit all, I admit all my defects. I admit that I am totally powerless over foods, that my life is completely unmanageable without the help of a higher power and a set aside attitude because I'm a great manager. I'm, a great, I'm very competent. I'm very clever. I have lots of opinions on things. And unfortunately, they are the very stuff of my disease. I cannot uh, run my life. My life is completely and totally unmanageable if I run it my way. And I have to rely on a power greater than myself. And I realized um, in the last few months that um, when I hand over anything 100% to my higher power, it gets taken care of. I just have to trust and be willing. So um, I was in other fellowships as well early on. Um, my car accident, the car, um, the kick up the arse that God gave me, got me into Al-Anon. And then I found my way into OA, realizing that I had a weight you know, eating problem and that it was my fault. I couldn't blame my mother anymore. And uh, I started to work the program in O.A. around the year 2000. Um, but I wasn't willing to put the food down. And, um, you know, I was going, why why would I stop eating? It's working. Why, why, why would I do that? You know, that just seemed insane to me. Was, you know, I, because the other program had taught me I was to love myself no matter what. And I did. I started to think I was great. And that is a side effect. And the overeating, I just have to do it because I can't survive without it. So... I'm just going to keep doing that. And I'm happy, happy, fat serenity. I was absolutely there. Um, and then um, in about 2010, I gave service. I, you know, I sponsored people, God bless them. I don't know, you know, I don't think, you know, I certainly didn't recover. Um, and uh, in 2009, I met uh, a man and I thought, oh my goodness, I can have a relationship with a person instead of food. I had arrived. I was having a relationship. This is unbelievable, married this guy. I won't say too much about it, but um, I learned a lot and uh, realized um, you know, that that was not for me and that ended pretty soon. But I am very, very gratefully the possessor of two beautiful children and um, those children kept me alive in the years of relapse. And it wasn't until March this year after the COVID lockdown that I realized that uh, I was going to die of this disease. For the first three to four weeks of lockdown, I was delighted with myself. I could isolate, I could eat, I rang, food was delivered, I ate everything around me. I must have put on a stone which is 14 pounds for you Americans um, in the for in the first three or four weeks of lockdown and I realized I was standing in my kitchen pacing up and down like a, a tiger going what 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 can I do what can I do what can I eat it doesn't work anymore, and I knew um, that I was defeated food was my master and it didn't work anymore. And I really felt like Bill felt, you know, in the morass of quicksand um, knowing that there was absolutely nothing I could do about it. And um, I was trying to think what, you know, what could I say about recovery from relapse? What has been different? What's what's different this time around, you know? And I really think that leads me on to my world. I called it the world world So W for weakness. And that is the thing that um, to be totally defeated and know that I am totally defeated. I'm going to die of this disease, and I'm not going to fit in any coffin. I was three almost three hundred pounds. I couldn't bend down. I couldn't reach my feet. I couldn't get in the bath. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't reach parts of me. I couldn't manage to even dry myself after a shower or anything. I was too cumbersome. I had too much flesh. It was just so difficult, and um, and I just re I just knew I I was going to die, you know, and um it wouldn't be fit fast and it wouldn't be pretty, and it would just be it. But I realized that I was utterly defeated, and I think that demoralization and defeat was the first what well, the first weakness to know that, that I cannot do this. Left to val power, I'm going to die. Left to val power, I just eat and eat and eat. And treat other people badly and domineer and control and give out and criticize, to, uh, judge all those things that I do in my disease. And um, the second was willingness. I had to be willing. I had to be desperately willing to do whatever I was told. And I was willing to do anything to recover. I knew. I I only have two alternatives there's no third alternative I turn to the food and I die for to drink is to die to eat is to die or I turn to my higher power and I turn to a sponsor my fellows and they tell me to do things and I do them you know and I I've had this willingness come from somewhere it is a grace the will the the admission and the the willingness is a grace from God because I I don't know where it comes from. I can't tell you what to do to get it either. I don't know how. So look, if you're a struggling person at the moment, suffering in the rooms, if you're a newcomer and you're you just don't know where to turn, just keep coming back and keep listening because it's here. The miracle is absolutely here. You just have to be ready to hear it. And uh, I was ready in March. That's all I can say. Is that's the only difference is that I was, I was totally weakened. And I was totally willing. And the third will is wonder and awe, and set aside like one, like I am in awe of the program and in wonder at the possibilities of my life now. Um, in the last, uh, I think I, I have my days written down here, two hundred and thirty nine days of abstinence from salt, sugar, fat excess food I weigh and measure my food and I'm willing to do it one day at a time one meal at a time one hour at a time and um I have been granted because I said to my higher power right at the beginning I said you have to make this easy for me I can't do this I can't stay abstinent for more than 10 minutes I couldn't I couldn't I was constantly eating constantly but in those 239 days I have lost 60 pounds which is four and a half stone just following the um I know it's it's a miracle, but it's not me doing it because I've never managed to do that. I've never been a slim adult. I'm still not a slim adult, but I had a bath last night and I can fit in the bath. That was one hell of a risk I took last night. I was scared because I've had a couple of panic attacks in baths where I haven't been able to get out of them because I've been so big. I haven't been able to, first of all, fit in them. and um, Second of all, I haven't been able to literally lift, turn over and lift myself up to get out of one. Um, and I have a bad shoulder, so I was going, "Oh my God, what if I can't get out?" So that was a miracle. That just last night, I, I took a bath, and I can't say I enjoyed it because I was terrified. But I was able to get in, I was able to get out, I was able to wash myself, and um, that I can't tell you what that means, um, because I had disabled myself, left to my will, I was disabled. I I my mobility. I'm only fifty-two, and I couldn't get into a bath I couldn't get out of a bath I couldn't walk I couldn't bend over I couldn't pick up my children's toys I couldn't you know there were low I couldn't walk up the stairs can't couldn't walk up the stairs carrying anything so um the big book tells us that visual proof is the weakest proof so my weight while it's a huge uh gift that's not the biggest gift that's not the biggest gift the biggest gift is knowing that I have a choice that I have a choice to live in my disease, in the craziness of my head, doing the same thing over and over again and wondering why it's not worth it. Um, living in the bedevilments of life, page 52, you know. Um, I love the bedevilments. Um, I'm just gonna read them in the first person. They're on page 52 in the middle the paragraph, if you're interested in reading along or just listen. So, what was what was happening in my life? I was having trouble with my personal relationships, I couldn't control my emotional nature. I was prey to misery and depression. I couldn't make a living. I had a feeling of uselessness. I was full of fear. I was unhappy. I couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. I was restless, irritable, discontent, and I was buying face first in the food. And they were what I was doing um, all the time. And the thing is, when you read these bedevilments, you go, no wonder, no wonder I'm a compulsive overeater. No wonder. That's what every human in the whole world faces. Everybody faces those difficulties, those bedevilments. They're not special for us. They're just not special for us. They are what every human flawed human being feels in the world. The difference between we addicts and normies, muggles, the non-magical folk, is that they don't try and kill themselves with food just because things aren't going their way. I do. And even if I don't die immediately, I die spiritually. My life is full of futility and rubbishness and disappointment and nothing's ever good enough. As I said, my disease is a disease of more, more, more. Nothing is ever good enough. So um, I am a really, really grateful member of OA. And I said, what daily practice do I do now that keeps me well? Because it is only one day at a time. What do I have to do today? to get well today and I do my prayer and meditation I've set aside a number of prayers I do different prayers every day actually and some are written down prayers from the big book some are from my head some are just you know help me God or or or, thank you God you know their prayers the fear prayer is very useful so if anybody's feeling fear or any of those things today God relieve me of my fear and direct my attention to what you would have me be so what would you would have me be, not what would you have me do? Who am I to be? So I, 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 I use that one a lot. Um, I do outreach every day. I try to do at least three calls. And because I'm based in the Melbourne meeting, um, and I've been going to that for the last um, seven months, um, I, I have people in the first thing in the morning, I ring Australia. In the daytime, I can ring basically anyone in Europe or America. And then in the evenings, I usually talk to America and the West Coast of America. It sounds like I'm broadcasting, but you know what I mean? I talk to one or two fellows in those places. And that's my that's my pattern. And um, I have a plan of eating, which is based on the dignity of choice, plan number one. And I've just been following that. I just stick to it no matter what. And I have had some white knuckling days. You know, some days, you know, the tiger roars but I just go, shut up, I'm not, I'm not interested, that's not, it's not even an alternative for me, I think twice I've had food on a plate that I was going to have, and said to my higher power, look, if I'm not supposed to have this, will you give me a sign, and I got a sign both times, the phone rang, and I just put the food into the bin, and I just said, okay, I'll follow, I'll follow what you said, God saves me all the time, actually, you know, I ask is protection and care with complete abandon and it works I, I mean I, I can't explain it any other way I don't know how it works I wish I could tell you what the the formula is except it's just the willingness willingness weakness willingness and wonder and all then to just look around you and see what's around you see 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 the love I had to look around me and see the love that was already in my life instead of always looking for the next thing the next meal the next present, the next day, next year will be better. This, what's here is now, and my family are my family now. My, I'm, I'm me, imperfect that I am, and I just try to look for the, the love that's in my life already because I am, I am one of those lucky people that, you know, my circumstances. Actually, I probably should say that though that when. You know, when I I said I was standing in the kitchen rocking, thinking I can't eat and, you know, my bottom, I call that my rock bottom. That was my moment of rock bottom. But my situation in life, I had the job I wanted. I had the house I wanted. I have the family I wanted. I had, you know, I had a lot going for me and I was still eating my face off because I would eat over anything because I just can't handle my, I don't have a food problem. I have a life problem. My problem is with my life. And when my life uh, gets unmanageable, which it is all the time, because I can't manage it on my own. um, I just, I used to turn to food and now I turn to God. And really there's only two doors, door A or door B. There's no other choices for me. And thank God, by the grace of God, I have chosen for 239 days to choose God each time. And, um, I'm. I am struck all the time by the wonder and awe of it. I can't believe that's not twenty minutes yet. Did somebody say time? And I didn't notice. I feel like I've gone on for ages. Um, and I don't want to go on for too long. Um, just to say that this is a fatal disease. It does kill you. And if it doesn't kill you physically, it kills you spiritually. The medicine we take is the twelve steps. I didn't mention them. I suppose I should mention them. And um, the twelve steps. Um in the big i like the big book for me is the only literature i use at the moment you know i constantly have it with me or i listen to it on audiobook i find that great when i'm driving i love bill's story is one of is my absolute favorite and of course um acceptance was the answer is a story later on in the book and um, by dr paul oh he's very interesting if you listen to the podcast of him too on youtube and you hear him speak and he's hilarious and um so i suppose I've been looking for emotional sobriety, not just freedom from food. And I'm on a quest now to find emotional sobriety, to be comfortable in my own skin, to have freedom and to wear my recovery like a loose garment, they say, you know, that it's comfortable and it's got freedom. I have a wonderful sponsor and um, she says uh, your abstinence, her abstinence, and I've definitely taken that on, is freedom within a corral. So you've got these limits of what you can. I can't have anything outside that, but just have a little bit of because I was starting to get a of the rigidity at the beginning. Because I was willing to put everything down. I put down everything. And I ate three meals a day, but very limited amounts. And um, so now I'm trying to let go of my rigidity around that. So that's also a freedom for me, too. So um I really feel like I'm coming to the end, of it, I I'm, hope. That- yeah that, that felt about right <laughs> thank you thank you so much but um i am so honored to have been asked to come here today i hope what i've said has helped somebody um and um you know the how of the program is honesty open-mindedness and willingness. h for honesty o for open mindedness, w for willingness and it's that attitude i think that has been the difference between relapse and recovery and um I have a great gift to the cab, and I remember 12 years ago getting up at a convention in Birmingham. Some of you may even have heard it. I've had a moment, I've decided, you know, these evangelistic crap that I came up with, um, and it was all talk, 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 because I, I could talk for, for Ireland. But the difference is I'm walking the walk now. I'm really doing this. And well, actually, that's not true. I'm not really doing this. I'm willing to do this, and God is doing for me what I can not do for myself and I think I'd like to leave it at that thanks for listening everybody and it's a pleasure to be here thank you so much Val thank you so so much for your story that was wonderful